In today's show, we look at the NBA's eight games from Wednesday, give you an update on some news as well. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble, on TikTok at RedRock underscore Beeble, and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. There were eight games on on Wednesday. A little bit of news for us to get into. So, warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> All right. Ricky Rubio looks like he is going to be back tomorrow. I talked about this on the Waiver Wire show uh, earlier today, so you can get my expanded thoughts uh, on it over there. I don't think that there's a 12-team ad here for Rubio. It's going to be limited minutes. He's not going to play back-to-backs probably all season, but at least not until after the All-Star break. He's going to be behind the... Uh, pairing of Mitchell and Garland in terms of ball handling responsibilities and maybe Levert. And yes, last season it was great. That's because he was playing 29 minutes a night with only Garland there. So I wouldn't get overly excited about it. He might have some stream value at some point, but that's really about it. Gordon Haywood is doubtful again. They just keep doing it, this stupid team. Rogier, doubtful every game. Cody Martin, doubtful. And now Haywood, doubtful for the fifth consecutive game. Continues to be frustrating. I wouldn't, you know, I would have dropped Haywood straight away when he got injured because we knew it was going to be a week despite these dickheads thinking it was going to be doubtful every game. Um, Jalen McDaniels would keep rolling with him. And then when Haywood eventually returns, we readjust our expectations. For um, the Heat, Bam is going to be back. But Hero, who doesn't have an injury, of course, he's out for the second consecutive game. And Kyle Lowry is out again as well. So Gabe Vincent, Max Struess, Victor Oladipo, Oladipo, the first of those guys. Um, you can stream those guys in and uh, consider there's some value for them on Thursday. Kelly Lennox out at least a week. We sort of knew that. We could tell by what they were saying that it was going to be at least a week. I, I get dropping him. Um, I still think he's going to have value, but if we don't know how long he's going to be out. In a points league, it's a clear drop. In a category league, it just really depends on, on where you are in the standings. He struggled when he came back from the first ankle injury. He's re-injured it now. I think it's probably going to be two weeks. Um, but I don't know that for sure. And then, um, yeah, then he has to work his way back into it a bit. So if you need to move on, move on. Cam Johnson, we thought he'd be getting back soon. But again, when people have knee surgery and we get timeframes, always chuck extra weeks onto the end of them. He is only doing a little bit of on-court work, only doing one-on-ones and not taking any contact. To me, that means he's not coming back within the next two weeks, maybe three. It feels like it's a while away. So um, we thought, again, Initial time frame was around this time. He was working out with the team. He was doing some lateral stuff pre-game, but apparently not. Apparently not ready. It is hard to hold on to someone without an IL slot, or if you need that IL slot, when we're still probably weeks away from him returning. So I'm not sure that you actually need to to do it. His upside is not that high that you have to hold through potentially multiple weeks absences still. So yeah, there's that update. That's great. So that gives an extension to the value of Tory Craig. Not that he's a must-roster guy. He's more of a stream-level player anyway. And then we did finally get to see Jonathan Isaac play in a game. Almost 900 days since his last game. It was in the G League. 
He was pretty aggressive in the first half with his scoring. He tired pretty early um, in the game and only played about 16 minutes, I think it was. Scored like 15 points. I still don't think that he's going to be worth a head-to-head pickup. You've got to have real deep benches or real stash ability. He's going to be limited minutes. He's going to be very rusty. He's going to be missing back-to-backs for quite a while. And I look up, he might only play 20 minutes a night maximum this season. I don't think it's a 12-team head-to-head league ad. I just, I don't. Especially not in points leagues where you hear the numbers bandied about how Isaac was a top 20 player before he heard his name, blah, blah, blah. Not in points leagues. Not not even remotely close to it in points leagues. His value is in those defensive stats. He still can get those. But waiting until this happens, like I don't think he's going to be back with the Magic until maybe the end of next week. And then, you know, we're over, you know, halfway through the season, 60% through the regular season for fantasy is he going to be ever at full strength this season? I, I would have to think probably not. So I don't think that he's worth an ad personally. But that's just my opinion. I'm sure you guys have differing opinions um, on the value of John Isaac. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that's a delicious treat. We love delicious treats, but we love being healthy as well. So keep our calories down, keep our sugar intake down, but bump up the protein. Built Bars have got like 17 grams of protein and just 130 calories in a bar. So when you go to try a bar, like you grab a bar, like, what is this? It's a candy bar and their secret is 100% real chocolate. That's what it's covered in. All the goat flavors, churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, they're all there. So many great flavors, so much great taste and a great way to keep yourself healthy. But instead of just going to built.com, you can actually go into Walmart and get them. Go down to the pharmacy section. They've got four bar boxes down there in three different flavors, cookies and cream, double chocolate or coconut puff. And you can just buy them straight off the shelf. You can also go to Sam's Club and buy them off the shelf as well. They've got a 13 bar box there in either the brownie batter flavor or in churro flavor. So head to Walmart or head to Sam's Club or go to built.com and order and grab yourself boxes of Built Bars. Built Bar is built different. Let's go into the games. Got eight of them on. First one. It was the Chicago Bulls losing to the husk of the Washington Wizards. Final score, 100 Washington, 97 Chicago. DeMar DeRozan didn't play, despite you know, listing him questionable. He was out with that thigh issue. I'd have to expect that there might be another one out for him. And they decided to replace him in the starting line with Alex Caruso. Wouldn't say that went all that well. 28 minutes for Caruso, 6 points, 2 assists, a steal, 27% shooting. He's just still a defensive stats streamer, and that's it. We thought maybe there was a chance with DeRozan out that Pat Williams would be able to step up. Um, 13% usage, 33 minutes, 6 points. 38% shooting, 6 rebounds and a block. It's shit house. It's dreadful. He hasn't been able to step up really at all. He's the occasional big game, and it's just not enough. I would hold for one more just to see what happens with DeRozan, but like that really is disappointing. The guy who did take advantage of DeRozan's absence outside of the big names was Kobe White. 29 minutes for Kobe, 13 points, three threes, two steals. If DeRozan's out, you could do worse than stream him for points and threes, but it's probably more for 14-team leagues. Vooch had 15 and 10, nothing super spectacular, still under 20% usage, but the big beneficiary was the skater boy, Zach Levine. Forty-one minutes, thirty-eight points, four threes, two steals. He's a top ten player over the last week, number six in fact. Really on a massive hot streak. He wasn't great from the line here, but everything is going according to plan or according to his plan of being better, because he'd struggled at big points during the season. But absolutely flying. I would use this opportunity to see if there's any way of a top twenty-five trade for him. I doubt there is. 
but this is the time to do it when we're unsure about when DeRozan or if DeRozan's coming back or when he's coming back. And while Levine, who was still yeah, flying when DeRozan was in, this is a great opportunity to see if there's anything there. Dasumu played 29 minutes, 8, 4, and 3. Nothing exciting. The Wizards were without Beal, Porzingis, Gafford. So they started a lineup that had Taj Gibson at center, and we had Corey Kispert and Denny Avdia on the wings. Avdia, 35 minutes, 9 points, but 20 rebounds and 3 assists. Previously, when Beal had been out, Avdia was the go-to guy, but recently it hasn't been because they've been starting Gafford and Porzingis, and he'd been limited minutes off the bench. Now, it appears that if one of Porzingis and Gafford and Beal are out, Avdia is going to be streamable. And we thought that might have been the case. Monte Morris, only 29 minutes, still 17 points. That's really good value there. Still usable in 12-team leagues while these players are out. But we finally got a big D-Lon right game. 25 minutes for D-Lon. And I say big, he had four points. But he did have three assists, three steals, and a block. And that's what D-Lon right is. He is an assist guy with plenty of steals. And if these players remain out, maybe there's streamable value there. I don't think he's a 12-team league guy. We also got 18 points from Anthony Gill. That allows me to do this again. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> 18 points in 23 minutes. Not much else. I, I don't buy it for a single second. And Gibson had nine and eight in his 25 minutes. Kuzma, this is what we worried about. Like he played a lot of minutes and got usage, 21 points, but no steals, no blocks, four rebounds only, 45% from the field and 67 from the line. And Rui Hachimura just couldn't do anything. 10 points, 5 rebounds, 33% shooting, no threes, no assists, no blocks. He just really struggles so much in category leagues in being able to produce anywhere near 12 or 14 team league value. He just can't do it despite all of those players being out. Corey Kispert unsurprisingly didn't do much. 6 points with 2 threes. Even with Beal and these guys out, he just doesn't seem to have the game where he's able to ramp it up into something bigger. He just seems sort of stuck where he is. And that's fine, but we have to understand that for fantasy. Next game, the Detroit Pistons. Speaking of husks, the Detroit Pistons knock off the Wolves 135-118. That is just um, a crazy score. Minnesota, wow. What are you doing? They were without Minnesota Towns, of course, and then Kyle Anderson was a late scratch. They ended up starting Austin Rivers in Kyle Anderson's spot. He had three steals and a block, but only eight points in 29 minutes. He's not... Really a fantasy-relevant stream guy, despite the steals here. D'Angelo Russell, 19 points, 5 assists. And then Anthony Edwards only played 24 minutes. He left after playing 10 minutes, and they said he's not coming back. Hip soreness. And then there he was, middle of the third quarter, back. He must have said, nah, bull bullshit, I'm getting back out there. He's been dealing with this hip problem for a while. It's not great that he keeps you know, limping and playing through and coming back into a pointless game and playing playing into it, I, it's it's a little bit worrisome as to where this leads him. He did have 20 points. He had six assists. He didn't shoot particularly well, 44%. And he's been a little bit down lately, 135th over the last week. He's got room to improve from there. McDaniels was adequate. That's about all I can say, 11-3-4. Well, it was a pretty strong game from Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. <laughs> But no blocks. 16 and 14, two steals, 32 minutes. He's been better of late, for sure, but still not at that high level that we would have hoped for when we drafted him. Jalen Noel continues to really struggle. Um, eight points in 17 minutes for him. So even with Edwards going to the locker room, um, even with Anderson out, he still only played 17 minutes. I thought he played quite poorly. The Pistons got Bogdanovich back, but they were still without Stewart and Duran, so they started Nerlens Noel. The good thing about Nerlens Noel game is three steals and four blocks. That's great. The troubling thing to me with Noel is, even though no other centers were available, he still only played 21 minutes. 
and it's taken three centers being out for him to get this playing time, and he was great doing it. And they, Dwayne Casey said after the game, yeah, look, we're just trying to prioritize Jalen Duran, which is great. I love that he said that. I don't see any way that when one of these guys, Stewart or Duran, comes back, that Noel can have any value. Like, he just wasn't playing. And even when, say, Duran was out, but Stewart was there, you might get 10 minutes from Noel. I don't think that he's going to be worth a stream unless both of those guys remain out. It was a great game from the depressed penis, 38 minutes, 31 points, six rebounds, four threes. He has really, really struggled to take advantage of opportunities. He did here, and that's a positive. Do I think that he's anything more than like an emergency stream? Not really. 27 and six for Bogdanovich with five threes. Welcome back. Thank you. And also a strong game from Jaden Ivey. 18, four and eight with three steals. Probably his best game. And a great bounce back from Killian Hayes. 18, three and nine with a triple one. Shot 50% as well. Hayes has definitely improved his shooting. I still don't buy this recent level of shooting from him where he's like hitting crazy numbers from two, like another 75% from two in this game. I don't buy that as a long-term thing, but he is clearly a must-roster player and I think clearly a top 100, top 90 player rest of season. I just don't think that the current level of production, the current level of shooting is probably going to stick. Hamadou Diallo played 26 minutes. Have a time. 18 points, 88% from the field. He really struggles from the line, and he does struggle in some of the other categories, but with a lot of players out, there's at least some stream value there for Diallo. Burks had 13 in 20 minutes, nothing uh, particularly exciting to write home about there. The next game is the Indiana Pacers and the New York Knicks. Let's start with Tyrese Halliburton's injury. Hurt his knee, landed, and hurt his elbow as well. They said he was going to leave the arena on crutches which is not a great sign. We'll get more information tomorrow. They play again on Friday. I'd have to think he doesn't play there. Now, last time we saw Halliburton out, Andrew Nempard went crazy. We saw in this game, though, that it was TJ McConnell who went crazy. 26 minutes for McConnell, 14, 8, and 7, two steals. Nempard had 11, 3, and 4. I think they're both viable 12-team ads to see what happens. I would likely prioritize... Hmm, that's a good question, actually. Who would I prioritize? I'd prior, probably prioritize Nempard, but just because I think he'll probably get the nod as the starter... But I could see them going with McConnell. And I think both are 12-team options. Heald had 31-8 and eight with seven threes, while oh, I didn't even talk about this, that there was no Aaron Neesmith. And then O'Shea Brissett was ruled out. And then about two minutes before tip-off, Miles Turner was ruled out. Now, to me, this isn't the exact same thing as yesterday, where I went off about the Suns and their lineup stuff. It's obviously frustrating for us playing fantasy that Miles Turner was scratched after lineups locked about two minutes before actual tip-off. But this one, at least, you can see the argument, hey, he suffered back spasms after warm-up and when he was trying to get ready to play, and he couldn't go. It wasn't like the Suns, where they submitted the lineup with Jock Landale in there, and then they just started Biombo. And Landau was actually fine and not injured. Turner was actually hurt and didn't play. So while it's annoying and frustrating, the fact that he was a late injury is, um, I think, a little bit different to that other situation. But with Turner out, they didn't even start Isaiah Jackson. They started James Johnson. I don't think he made us proud, but I don't get a chance to do it very often, so... I don't know why. He had zero points in 13 minutes and it was useless. Didn't start the second half. I don't think he even played in the second half. They started Mathurin in the second half. And he had 20 points, which looks great on the surface, but five of nine from the line, one assist, no steals, no blocks, continues to remain a very, very empty fantasy player. <clears throat> With Neesmith out, Sticks got the start and then he moved across the center. That's Jalen Smith and he did nothing. 
7, 3, and 4 in 25 minutes, while Isaiah Jackson managed 19 minutes, 5 points with 2 blocks. I still think that, to, that Jackson's clearly the better option, clearly the better player than Smith, and why they won't go to him, I, I don't know. We even saw 15 minutes of Gogo Badadze to restrict Jackson's minutes. It doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. Um, I don't know if Turner's a long-term thing. He might miss another game or so, and then you could stream Smith or you could stream um, Jackson, but again, neither of them blew us away here. If... You, go, you probably do look at Nembhard and McConnell as the two options without Halliburton. Uh, Matherin also would probably start, but it's not lack of opportunities that's limiting his fantasy value. It's lack of production that's limiting his overall fantasy value. Um, on to the Knicks. Ron Barrett returned. First game back, 41 minutes, 23 shot attempts. Seriously, some of the decisions this coach makes... He had 27, 8, and 4, no defensive stats, 39% shooting. At least he went 5 of 6 from the line, and he's back, but it's frustrating. And we thought, okay, yes, quickly he's going to move to the bench, and he did. And then quickly played like 13 minutes through the first three quarters, and you go, well, what, what, what are we doing here? And then he played basically the entire fourth quarter to end up with 26 minutes. 11, 5, and 4, not a great line, but in 26 to 28 minutes, quickly can still be a 12-team league player. I don't think that he's necessarily a must-hold, and there were definitely concerns with the lineup that he ran out there in the fourth quarter with Grimes sitting on the bench for basically the entirety of that quarter. Um, So I'm not sure we get that same minutes distribution with quickly getting 26 minutes, but that's not bad. It's probably a hold, but if there is someone you want to add, drop him. As for Grimes, 30 minutes for Quentin. This briefcase and this haircut. Not like he played bad. 18-5 and two, four threes and two steals. Do not drop him. Brunson had 34-3 and four, and Robinson played 38 minutes. He had 10 and nine with five steals and two blocks for Mitch. And Mitch Robinson says, I'll take it from here. Just unbelievable to see him playing these level of minutes. What happened to Julius Randle with Barrett back? Well, predictably, his usage dropped way off. Didn't mean that he took better shots necessarily, or hit shots, more to the point. 14, 16, and 4, 42% from the field and 2 of 5 from the line. That is always going to be a handcuff for him is the piss-poor percentages. And the lack of usage is probably going to bring down his overall numbers, which have been sky-high without Barrett. But now Barrett's there taking tons of shots as well. Um, Hartenstein played only 9 minutes. Apparently had an injury, wasn't able to return. Toppen played only 9 minutes. And McBride played only 6 as they lent heavily on those 6 guys. That's why I have a little bit of faith for Quickly, because we know what Thibodeau does. He can lean heavily on those 6 players. And the rest of the guys played all under 10 minutes. Yeah, meaning that maybe there is 28 there for quickly. Although I'm not, I'm not 100% convinced considering what happened with Grimes and his playing time down the stretch, which was a little bit frustrating. Today's episode is also brought to you by LinkedIn. As a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team managers or team members, sorry, that you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools. They go beyond resume data by using insights from your job post, company, and their 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates. Identify the most qualified candidates on LinkedIn Jobs and connect with them fast and for free. LinkedIn Jobs makes it easy to screen and rate applicants based on your job qualifications all on one platform. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. The next game, the New Orleans Pelicans. 
They go down to the Celtics, 125-114, the final score in this one. Um, <laughs> I just seen I just seen a quote from Rick Carlisle saying that uh, Miles Turner had back spasms before the game, and Carlisle said jokingly, "He's not been traded," as I guess Twitter is saying. Believe me, I have no interest in trading Miles Turner. Um, there you go. People say this every time. When was the last time that a player was pulled from a game with a fake injury just so they could be traded? I And I ask this genuinely. I cannot remember a single time in any recent memory of this happening. But every time someone gets pulled with a trade with an injury that seems weird like this, oh, it's a trade. It's definitely a trade happening. But when, did it, when has it actually happened? I, I honestly don't know. I, I can't recall the time of it ever happening. Yet it is the go-to response of so many people so often. For the Pelicans, there was no Herb Jones. So they started the Dustbuster Dyson Daniels, seven points in 25 minutes. He didn't really do much to suggest that he is a 12-team option, even as a streamer. And finally, after we'd moved on from Trey Murphy, he had 15 and six with three steals and a block. Cool. 34 minutes for Trey, more aggressive. Still only 16 usage, but took more shots, brought us defensive stats. If Herb's going to be out and Ingram and Zion are still out, then of course we can stream Trey, but yeah, the confusion is now increased. Najee Marshall had 18 and 7. He does remain a 12-team league guy. While McCollum had 38 with six triples. Big game from him. Only 23 minutes for Valanciunas in this one. Jonas Vasilinovas. Yeah, 13 and 4. But it wasn't because we were getting big minutes out of Larry Nance, who played under 20. Zero points for Nance. Two assists, steal a block. No, no steals blocks. Zero steals, zero blocks. Missed both of his shots. A disastrous game. I'm not certain that he's a must-roster player. He is for certain teams. He's useful for certain teams. This is bad. And I, I continue to worry that without Zion, he won't actually reach his full potential. Um, this was obviously terrible. Keep an eye on it, but if you wanted to drop him, it's okay. Alvarado had nine points, but he's really not a 12-team league guy. For the Celtics, they did sit both Marcus Smart and Robert Williams. So we got um, 38 minutes from Grant Williams. Remember, last time we saw Grant on Monday, huge numbers. This time, 38 minutes, nine points. That's what I said. That was an absolute fluke performance from Grant, and he's never going to give you that. But the volume of games with guys sitting on this back-to-back gives him a little bit of an appeal. So you can stream him again tomorrow, but expect stuff to not be great. 30 minutes for Derek White, five points, but he had six assists, two steals, and a block. I think he's going to be really squeezed when this team is healthy because I think they will start Rob and Al together, and that will move Derek White to the bench. As for Horford... Much better game again. 14 points, four threes, steal on a block. Back um, with some really strong performances. There was a real period of time where he was obviously struggling. This is good. We'll see how long you know he can maintain. Of course, if you're rostering Al Horford for points, you're doing it wrong. You're rostering him for the other stuff that he brings. And it's good to see him finally hitting some shots, which he'd struggled with for so long. I still think, again, that he can be a 12-team back-end player. But I get it if you moved on. Like, is that That's a good game, but it's not brilliant. Jalen Brown, 41 points for the big fella. JB, you've done it again. And 12 rebounds, great with his percentages, while Tatum had 31 and 10. And it was also a good game from Brogdon. 26 minutes, 20 and 4, 4 assists, 2 steals. Now, Brogdon, much like Derek White, is going to cop it when both Rob Williams and Marcus Smart are in this lineup because they're both going to be fighting for backup guard minutes and probably playing 21 to 22 each or going back and forth game by game as to who gets more of the playing time, which makes him really hard to roster. But he's on a nice little hot streak at the moment, Brogdon, with Smart out and um, getting some extra opportunities. Again, don't really think that's going to be able to be something that's able to stick long-term. The next game. The Atlanta Hawks lose to the Bucks 114-105 in Atlanta. This final score, um, 
We've got to talk about it. Giannis What's going on with this bloke? Two games in a row, single-digit scoring. Seven points. He had 18 rebounds and 10 assists, but 30% shooting? And that's not because he attempted threes. He didn't take one. He was just 30% on twos. He was bad from the line, one of four. But he has lost like all shooting capability, all finishing confidence. This is a guy that you relied upon for gigantic field goal percentage on huge volume. And now he's killing you in that category out of nowhere. I don't know why it's happening. Is it his knee that's a consistent problem? Is this just a short slump that he'll jump out of? I don't know. It's really troubling. It's not something we could have foreseen. I don't know why it's happening. This is a real. Is he a buy low? Yeah, probably, but I'm starting to lose confidence that he's going to get back the efficiency from last season. I am worried about it with his knee for sure. Drew Holiday was good, 27, four and five with two steals. Lopez, another another great game, 20 points, 12 rebounds, four threes and two blocks. Well, finally Javon Carter did something, 13 points with four threes in 22 minutes. He had two steals and a block. We know we can't rely upon that, but Grayson Allen and Joe Ingles might be out tomorrow. Allen had to leave this game. Ingles is going to rest tomorrow. So Beauchamp will probably start, but Carter might get a few extra touches. I don't think he's going to be worth streaming, but he's at least in the mix if those two guys, as expected, are out. Talked about it on the waiver wire show. A lot of people were adding Pat Connaughton. He had 10-7 and in 29 minutes. Again, that last game was a little bit of an outlier for Pat. It is a nice little back-to-back for him, so that does work out if you did add him. But overall, he's not really a 12-team league guy. While it was good to get a double-double back out of Bobby Portis, 13-10. and for the Hawks, Trey Young was out. So you'd think that would mean a big game from DeJounte Murray. Well, not really. Nine, four, and five with two steals. He shot 25% from the field. He didn't attempt a single free throw. His rebounds and assists still remain low. He's the 140th ranked player over the last week. He's 37th for the season. He looks more like 2020-2021 Spurs Murray than he does last season's Murray. And I think some of the concerns that I had about maybe he isn't this number one elite level player are being borne out. He's really, really struggling. And while it's a bit of a buy-low, I'm not sure it's that much of a buy-low. They started Aaron Holiday in place of Trey Young, and then the second half, it was Bogdan Bogdanovich, who ended up playing 40 minutes. Bogdan had 22 points with five assists. Good to see big numbers there. And of course, Capella still remains out. So Okongwu played 33 minutes and had seven, nine, and five with two blocks. We just keep rolling with Okongwu in all 12-team leagues. DeAndre Hunter couldn't keep the defensive stats going, couldn't keep the efficiency going, but he did keep the rebounds. 16, 9, and 2 is solid, but he shot 29%. He was 7 of 8 from the line, but no defensive stats. They're the things that were really keeping his numbers up that we thought this is probably not going to be able to stick. It didn't stick. I still think you can keep rolling with him while he's getting these extra minutes. He's only a 31-minute-a-night player for the season, but he's played another 37 here, and that does give him at least some volume value to be able to use in a 12-team league, if you understand where his deficiencies lie. And I, I I, would think that you do, given the, you've seen DeAndre Hunter play for years and years and years. The next game, the San Antonio Spurs, they did take it up to the Grizzlies, especially early, but then they sort of choked it away after that. The final score was 135-129 in Memphis's favor. Keldon Johnson did return. He played 35 minutes. He was inefficient, 35% from the field, 24-4 and three is not bad. But again, the problem's always going to be his lack of rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks paired with bad efficiency means his rankings are always really low. He still is a 12-team league player and his 11 of 12 from the line is excellent. But this, you know, it, it was interesting to see, um, again, just another poor efficiency night. With Calden back, not surprised, Josh Richardson dropped off. 12-1-5. and five. He did have um, a steal and a block steal, but those big minutes and the big usage, which we saw not occur when Calden was there, 
occur when Kelden was out and then not occur with Kelden's back. It's just that seems to be a pattern. You can still hold him in 12s, but he's definitely not a must-roster guy. Trey Jones seems to be the biggest beneficiary from the Vassal injury. 22-6-6 six six with three steals, while Pirtle had 17-12 and 12 with five blocks. Also a great Zach Collins game. 14-12-4, 22 minutes. He got 22 minutes while Pirtle played under 26. I think Pirtle was playing too well, so we got Collins in there. I don't mind Collins as the 12-team ad. Low minutes for Pirtle often, missed games, trade possibilities. I think Collins is worth having for now. Um, I don't think that Jeremy Sohan is. Sohan now! 11-3-5, 29 minutes, while Langford, he's not a good player, Langford. Three points in 18 minutes, 14% shooting. He's not a 12-team league player. And I think as we probably expected, or as some expected, that with Vassell going down, there's no real must-add player. Sohan is not a must-add 12-team league guy. Langford is definitely not. Richardson had a nice little run, but when Kelden plays, it's harder for him to do it. It's just random guys all over the place. Like today, Trey Jones, Doug McDermott had 15 points. Um, yeah, Brennan played 18 minutes. Kata Bates-Diop, who the Spurs announced as the starter before the game, played zero minutes. They did change that. Oh, actually, did they? No, the reporters changed it. But yeah, that was frustrating. They put the wrong tweet out. Um, I, I don't think that the only one that is marginally close to 12 is Richardson. The others aren't. For the Grizzlies, Jar Morant returned 38-5-4. So let's immediately look at Tyus Jones. He played only 18 minutes. He had 16 points with two steals. That's really good. And he remains a solid luxury stash. I don't think that level of production in 16 or 18 minutes is, um, is worth holding in 12-team leagues if you can't afford a stash. You might be able to, but if you can't afford a stash. Jaron Jackson only blocked two shots, but he had 21 and 12, while Steve Adams, 33 minutes, 11, 18, and five with three blocks. One of the best games that he's had for the season. And Desmond Bain still stuck at 30 minutes, but he had 18 and six with four threes, and the shot was much better here after struggling since his return. You're going to be shocked to know this, but uh, Dylan Brooks sucked. The world. Seven points, 25% shooting, one assist, no free throws. Absolutely doesn't belong on a 10 or 12. Or honestly, probably a 14-team category league roster. That's how bad he is. He struggles. I just, the word, I hate, hate watching him play. I just hate it. The next game, uh, blowout. Back-to-back -back for the Suns after beating the Warriors. Still, everybody's out. They got smashed. 126, Denver. 97, Phoenix. They still had all the same players out as yesterday. And this is what Dwayne Washington does. He has these big games, and he cannot sustain it. Eight points in 24 minutes, 21% shooting, one of three from the line, five assists. He did have two blocks, but he's nowhere near consistent enough. You've only got to have him because Paul, Shamit, Payne, and Booker are all out. Like That's where we are, the fifth guard. Stream if those guys remain out, but that's it. I thought Saban Lee almost played better than him, eight, three, and four. Yes, Saban Lee is on this team. Um, Josh Okogie played 34 minutes. He really did make um, those numbers come to fruition because he played basically all of the fourth quarter when the game was over. 14-9-5 for him, while Sharic had 11-3-2. Honestly, I, I don't think there's anything to take out of this. Even like Bridges going 7-5-4 on 30%. Oh, well. It was just a nothing game that was, they were never going to be competitive in. And look at the players out. Paul Booker, Aiton, Payne, Shamit, Johnson, Crowder, of course. Biombo played 16 minutes. Landau played 24. Landau was all right, 11 and 8, but still comes off the bench. Surely all these guys aren't out again. If they are, then we do the dance. And then we just try. Like probably Sharich, Lee, Washington are the guys that you consider streamers, but I don't even feel particularly confident with that.
And then on the Nuggets side of things, it was only 21 minutes or 28 minutes for Jokic. He had 21, 18, and 9 because he's unbelievable. The big stiffy, the five-minute man, Bones Highland, had uh, 21 points in 24 minutes with five threes. But we can't rely upon him to do this regularly enough. He doesn't play enough. And there was something interesting to come out of this game. Jamal Murray sprained his ankle late, end of third, start of fourth quarter around that time. I don't know why he was in the game. Um, hopefully he's okay. If he is out, they do tend to go to Bruce Brown and, and Bones' minutes don't change significantly. But that would be a reason to hold Brown, who had four and two with two steals and a block. Just hold to see if Murray is out. Otherwise, Brown is moving back into stream territory. Um, KCP had 15 points with four threes and two steals. Solid game. He's, again, still just a 12-team streamer, back-end player, fringe guy with limited upside. Aaron Gordon's in a bit of a slump at the moment. 12 points in 24 minutes, as is Maga Porter Jr., who had 11 and three in 23 minutes. Both of these guys are... Yeah, there's a lot of blowouts in these games at the moment. They're also just in a bit of a form slump. I wouldn't do anything to drop these guys, but it's obviously not ideal that they are losing um, some playing time and then their production is also falling at the same time. But just honestly, just a non-event game. This one, next one was a little bit more interesting. The Rockets and the Kings. We saw the Kings get the victory. They pulled away in the end to, uh, to beat Houston relatively comfortably. 135-115, the final score. The delicate dancer, Alperen Sengun. It's a delicate dance in just 17 steps. He Ray Felton'd his way to a 10-10-10 triple-double. Missed his only free throw. Still only 17 usage and um, 28 minutes. He did have four fouls. But when Kevin Porter went out, hurt his foot, Shengun was basically running like Jokic, like de facto point center. He had five assists really early in that third quarter, and they went with him because the replacement in the starting line was KJ Martin. So basically, Shengun was running point. Garrison Matthews got hot for four threes with 12 points. I don't think we need to care about that. But we do have to look a little bit here at KJ Martin. 27 minutes for him, 21 points with three threes. Started the second half with Porter out. And if Porter is out, maybe they go that direction again. But it took 69% shooting to get to this stage. Giggity. He has one assist, zero steals, zero blocks. Missed both his free throws. I don't think that he'd be a must-add player. I'd much rather look at the guys like McConnell and Nempard in Indiana. Jabari Smith, is he bad? I don't know. You think he, I think he, he is at the moment. Eight and nine in 28 minutes, 38% shooting. It's the same story every game. Bad shooting percentages, low usage, no assists. Even the defensive stats aren't there. You've held him all season, I guess. I think in eight and 10 team leagues, no problem, drop him. Um, 12 team category leagues, it's got to be consideration. She's not really improving. It's just the same stuff for every game. And I reckon that at some point, you've got to make a call to cut bait. Jalen Green took a lot of shots. 26 points on 25 shots in 39 minutes, but it's the same stuff with him as well. Only three assists, only five rebounds, no defensive stats, 36% shooting on 25 attempts, four of, or five of seven from the line for 71%. Hurts you in too many areas. In a points league, definitely must roster, absolutely. In a category league, it's getting to the stage where like in 10-team leagues, the destruction that he causes your team it's almost too much. Now, you probably are punting field goals if you got him, so that boosts his number. But it's just consistent, consistently bad games on high volume. I still would hold, because again, your team's probably punting field goals, but not really seeing improvements in a lot of these other areas. Porter had five points before he got hurt. Hopefully, it's nothing serious, but we'll find out more about that tomorrow. And I think we can definitely drop Tari preseason, 19 minutes for seven points, while uh, the Wild Thing played 19 minutes as well, Jason Tate. He had five assists in two steals. I could see him becoming an option to stream if Porter's out as he runs the second unit and can be an option for assists. 
For the Kings, Sabonis, 38 minutes. They're playing him so many minutes. 25, 14, and 9. It's a very Sabonis line. Big numbers in those categories. And then 0, 3, 0 steals, 0 blocks. But great field goals, great free throws. He continues to be really, really strong. Trey Lyles also got really hot late. 20 points on 75% shooting with two blocks and three threes. Find it really hard to trust Trey Lyles as a backup center uh, and backup power forward to be that interested in him. Fox had 24, 2 and 9. While Keegan Murray had 16 and 6. He hit four threes, but no defensive stats, two assists, 36% shooting. Still remains, like, I think still pretty 12-team fringy. No problem to have him but definitely not blowing us away with big performances. While last game, the pencil Harrison Barnes, Barnesy, he was great. And this game, he was mediocre. 16, 2, and 0. Fine when you're looking for points. Fine to stream and hold in 12-team leagues, but not someone I'd consider a must-roster player. With Kevin Herter out, Terrence Davis started and played 23 minutes. I thought we'd get more from Malik Monk. He only played 21. Davis had six points. Monk had 11. Um, nice block from um, Davis, but sub 30% shooting for both. Neither of those guys need to be considered 12-team league guys. If Herter remains out, yeah, Monk can be a 12-team streamer, and Davis is like a 14-16-team to 16 team league option, I think. The lines of the night, the monstrous line of the night goes to Jalen Brown. Uh, big game from him, career, uh, career high, season high, 41 points. Waiver wire is Trey Lyles. Young gun is the five-minute man, Bones Highland. And the dud of the night is Dylan Brooks. Top 10 players today, number one was Jalen Brown, followed by Sabonis, Boyan Bogdanovich, Jalen Bronson, Stephen Adams, Buddy Heald, CJ McCollum, Nikola Jokic, Trey Jones, and Sadiq Bay. Your top 10 players rostered in under 50% of leagues. Lyles, okay, I don't really care for that. TJ McConnell, I'm very interested in. Nerlens Noel is a defensive stats streamer if Stewart and Duran remain out. Avdi was at number four, and if Porzingis or Gafford are out, I think he's a 12-team league option. Zach Collins, don't mind adding him. Number six is Doug McDermott, and seven is Austin Reeves. Just no. Um, Garrison Matthews, no. Um, Jeremy Sohan, probably a 14-team league guy. And then Frank the Tank Kaminsky, who, yeah, absolutely, we're not looking at him. In any. It wasn't a great day for low-rostered players. Let's put it that way. Top 10 players in points leagues today. Number one is Jalen Brown, followed by Jokic, McCollum, Tatum, Sabonis, Adams, Trey Jones, Zach Levine, Ja Morant, and Jakob Pertl. And that, guys, will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you are here on YouTube, thumb it up and leave those comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.